Merry Christmas to all the listeners of the Mac and Main Show. This is Jack Main checking in. And before we get started with Mark, we want to give a huge shout out to the staff behind the scenes that made this whole thing possible, as well as the supporters and educators that helped us get to this point. We were able to connect with Mark shortly after he purchased the Wolves and Lynx this summer. And since that point, we were making an effort to make sure that he could get on the show. It finally was able to happen right around the holiday season, and we figured this was a perfect way to end our 2021. Once again, a huge thank you to everybody behind the scenes. Enjoy the show. You're starting now in, in what I would assume is, you know, it's, it's a new line of business for you, owning a major sports team. And I just kind of asked, first off, what has been the biggest learning curve from moving from entrepreneurship to owning a major American sports franchise? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's just, you know, learning time right now and uh, just talking to people, players, fans, analysts, reporters, you know, um, people in, in the organization and just asking a lot of questions um, and just absorbing as much as I possibly can. Now, now is the time to just learn, listen and learn. Uh, in addition, I, I, um, you know, I was a big sports fan, followed obviously NBA, was a Knicks fan growing up, grew up in, in Staten Island, New York, and, uh, spent a lot of time playing sports, did all, all sports, I didn't really play basketball, um, which is, which is ironic. Um, but three months ago, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up the sport. I need to, like, start playing. And so I hired a, uh, NBA, uh, development coach, um, and Phil Breckner. And been working with him for the last three months, playing, you know, like five days a week and just loving it. Yeah, I've been actually hearing about how you've been like waking up really early and then heading to some gym in Brooklyn to just try to work out and, you know, grow the jump shot. Mm-hmm. Is that is, exactly is, is this just this just sparks your love to be like, hey, you know what? Let's just go. Let's go out and let's own a let's own a team. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, remarkable. <laughs> That's pretty remarkable. Now I know that this was not your first time trying to buy uh, an American sports franchise. You recently tried to purchase the New York Mets when they went up to for sale, didn't work out. I kind of want to ask, you know, what was the biggest struggle trying to purchase the New York Mets? Um, I don't, I don't think it was it was necessarily a struggle. I think you know we made a formidable bid. And, you know, they chose, uh, uh, Steve, uh, that was, that was basically how it ended. <laughs> I don't think, you know, we necessarily would have done anything differently. I think it was meant to be, I don't think we were meant to own the Mets. I think we were meant to own the Timberwolves and it played out, you know, the way it was supposed to. And looking back now, I, I mean, I, I'm, I could be happier, uh, you know, being, being the owner of the Timberwolves and Lynx. Um, it's just, it's a much more fast-paced game. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's it's a global sport. It's diverse and, and progressive. And Adam Silver doing a great job, you know, uh, driving the league forward. And I don't know. It just feels right. What has been your favorite part about owning the Timberwolves so far? Favorite part is going to the games and, uh, you know, sitting courtside and, you know, watching players that you have a relationship with and you know, um, and yeah, just, it's, it's, um, it's much different, you know, having a relationship with the players as opposed to just being a fan. 
Right. And the Timberwolves, you know, they have not had a great history in terms of a, of a franchise. They've only made it out of the first round once in the franchise's entire existence, and they haven't made the postseason since 2018. What role do you play in trying to reverse that fortune? Yeah, I mean, I think what Alex and I have talked about is really applying sort of a startup-type mentality and framework to, to the team, both the Wolves and Lynx. And, uh, you know, it really starts with, with clarity of vision. Um, where do we want to be in 10 to 15 years? Put it down on paper. What's the clear strategy to get there? Make sure everybody's on board, is communicated well, there's success metrics around it. And then what's the right organizational structure to support that? That's sort of part of uh, what we call the VCD framework, vision capital people. That's the sort of vision part. Make sure you have the vision strategy and org structure right. Make sure you've got, you know, a proper capital plan. You know what you're investing, why, what the return is. And then most important is P and VCP is the people part of it. And that's really about making sure you, you have a clear mission statement. Um, you know, what's the higher purpose? Why do you exist as an organization? And what are your values? What do you stand for? How are you going to live those values like no other team? And really create a culture where the best people in the world, both players and people part of the organization, coaches want to come because of the culture. And if you bring in great people and they're motivated to give you the best they've got, great things will happen. And I'm, I'm confident if we build a foundation right, great things will happen. And that's that's what's exciting. Now, you guys are actually in playoff positioning right now. And I granted, you know, 30 games into the season here. But you're beating some some pretty great teams, including recently the, the Lakers. Of course, Lakers have been a little bit depleted to COVID recently. But they still have a roster full of Hall of Famers, full of all-stars. And yet you guys are going out there and you are ahead of them in the standings right now. How do you – did you imagine that kind of success in your first season of ownership? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not as focused on sort of the outputs in the short term. I'm, I'm thinking long term, and I'm thinking inputs. Make sure you have, you know, the, the right culture, the right players on the court, and they're giving it the best they've got. You know, I think people underestimate the power of, like, culture and, and the people part of it that, you know uh, – it's not just about, you know, getting a bunch of uh, great players together on the court. If you don't have the right culture and the right system, the right people, and you're not doing things off the court as well as on the court, you're not going to get to where you want to go. And so am I happy? Yeah, I'm definitely happy to, because I'm, because the team's playing like a team. They're they're fighting for every possession. They're playing defense. They're, they're The culture is, is feels good right now, you know, and, and there's a lot of young talent on the team. And I, I see, I definitely see good things in, in, in the future here. Being able to watch you courtside and sit next to Alex, and it, it's a very refreshing look, and especially Alex coming over from a baseball background uh, has to be a big learning curve for him. So what has been the biggest, uh, the biggest learning curve with Alex in, in transitioning from player to owner? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's incredible having him as a partner because – you know, he's been an athlete at the the highest level. He's won championship. He's won multiple MVPs. Like, he's one of the best ever in baseball. And, you know, he's experienced, and he was a hard worker. He worked hard. And when he sits down with these, you know, 20-year-old uh, guys, like, you know, he has real experience to and real advice to share. And I, I can tell that, 
that people really look up to him. And it's not, you know, even though he's in a different sport, he's still an athlete and at the most elite level. And, and that's what all these, you know, guys want to, want to aspire to. They want to be great. They want to be the best in their sport. How and, did, um, yeah. How did you end up linking with A-Rod? Somebody just made an intro, a mutual friend and said, you guys should, should, uh, get to know each other. I have a good feeling. You know, I know you both and, uh, you should, you should chat. And we just chatted and I think immediately, you know, connected. Um, I think we both had, uh, misperception kind of going in, into it, you know, uh, and we were both pleasantly surprised and we started connecting, talking a lot. We both had two daughters. Um, we both grew, grew up in a, in, a, in a similar kind of way and both shared the same set of values, you know, about working hard and, and trust and, and being open and um, we just connected on it, you know, and then he was telling me about the, the Mets and I said, I'm a big baseball fan and New York fan. And, and he sort of uh, pulled me into that and we started talking every day about the Mets and stuff and then about the business stuff. And then, yeah, just friendship evolved from that. And uh, yeah. One of, to one of my favorite businesses that you started up, and this was earlier in your career, was the baseball trading company, uh, the, the baseball card trading company, the Pit. Uh, I want to I want to know about the ins and outs of early baseball trading. Was was that something that you feel like you manifested yourself, or was there a market for that already built when you started in that? Uh, it's funny. I guess we're venture. I guess we're twenty twenty years too early, right? It would have been a, a huge home run today. That shows you the NFTs how and everything. The timing right? is right. I mean, it was the coolest uh, site. I mean, you can you can trade sports cards like stock. There was tickers and price charts and bid offer spreads, and we had market makers, and it was like a liquid market for trading cards. And there was a lot of trading cards happening on eBay, but it wasn't what is wasn't as liquid, and certainly wasn't. You know, you didn't know what the price was. We had prices bid offer and everything. And, uh, I think today it would, it would just be an unbelievable success. But back then, uh, it was ahead of its time. And, uh, the, we, we did it right as the, the market was crashing in 2000. Uh, the NASDAQ crashed, uh, incredibly. And, uh, so we wound up selling it to the Topps company, Topps baseball card and bazooka gum. And, uh, and then they subsequently sold it and it's still around. Uh, I'm, I wonder how it's doing. It's probably doing, doing pretty good these days, but, uh, yeah, it's still around. Out of all the businesses that you've started and then sold, how many of them do you still keep up with? Um, no, I don't really keep up with them much. It's, I'm so laser focused on the current thing. And so now, you know, I'm working on wonder, spending most of my time on that. And, uh, it's just all consuming. And uh, if you want to, if you want something to work, you want it to, to be successful, you have to sort of got to go all in. And that's what I've just done. And so it doesn't give me a lot of time to think about other stuff. Although still thinking about the wolves and links. <laughs> well, yeah, that and that's a very important part. Modern day sports is that women in sports are this is this is the big thing in 2021. And uh, owning the Minnesota Lynx is got to be a very important part of the ownership of the, of that, of that group. So what have you guys done in order to try to help the development of the WNBA and building that league 
to become just as big as the other four American sports. Yeah, we're we're very excited about it. I mean, we have an incredible franchise. Show is is has been a, a, a longstanding uh, one of the one of the best coaches uh, in the world. We've got her on the links. She's done an amazing job, and you know we continue to see uh, you know great things in terms of the culture that she's built there. And I think there's a lot of things to learn. Uh, and that's what we're doing right now. We're just learning. We're asking a lot of questions. You know, what? How was she able to to win these championships and create such a great culture and bring in such great players? And you know, there, there's a lot to learn there. Um, but yeah, we're, we want to invest in the league, uh, and and certainly think that uh, there's a lot of upside in the WNBA. Only sure. only a couple more minutes before we let you go here. So. Uh, I want to tell you about a couple of a couple of ideas that I have for myself for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You take them or leave them. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be anything uh, spectacular. But uh, betting inside the arena, this has become a major thing. Gambling, uh, gambling in sports. Have you guys at all talked about the addition of gambling inside uh, the? Yeah, it's definitely one of the one of the items when we talk about strategy and tactics and where we want to be and stuff. That's certainly part of the discussion. That's, that's the future. That's a lot of excitement to the game. And, uh, I have no doubt when it's, when it's legal to do it, um, that we'll be, that we'll be doing it. And then there is this kid who, uh, graduated from Quinnipiac a couple of years ago. His name is Cam Young. He's currently kicking around in the Memphis G League system. Uh, and with all the replacement players that are being needed, uh, in the NBA today because of COVID, Timberwolves could use a guy and this would be the first Quinnipiac alum to suit up for an NBA team. So speak it into existence. Can we get Cam Young to the Timberwolves if it becomes necessary? <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to the GM about that. Yeah. yeah, you know what? He's cooking it up right now. He's averaging about 22 points per game off the bench in his, in his first seven games of professional basketball. Fat, last thing before we let you go, Alex Rodriguez, it's his first year on the Hall of Fame ballot. Obviously, his career has a little bit of controversy surrounding it. If you were a voter, I want you to go through what would you put down for Alex Rodriguez being in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean, I've really got to know Alex at a, at a, at a deeper level. And, I mean, the values that he represents, I think, are exactly, um, you know, what aspiring kids and people in the league and people playing today should aspire to. I mean, he's, he's humble. He's got an incredible work ethic. He, he's, uh, wants to help people give back. Um, he's, I think he's done an amazing job as, as, as an, you know, on TV announcing and, and, um, you know, obviously his, his stats speak for themselves. I, I absolutely think he deserves to be in the hall and I hope that, uh, I hope that he will when people see it, uh, that, that he's, He's done a lot for the game, a lot of good, and uh, he continues to, to have an influence and impact people in a positive way. Well, as a Red Sox fan, as a player, didn't really like A-Rod, but his post-playing career, I can have nothing but agreement with you. He has done a lot of great things for the game, and he has really made a positive impact on his image in the image of baseball moving forward. Mark Laurie, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it. And that has been Mark Laurie, the majority owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx. A huge thanks to his staff once again for making this whole thing possible, and of course to Mark for making time out of his schedule to be on the show. 
If you ever miss an episode of the Mac and Main Show, you can go find them wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mac and Main to keep up with all things about the show. And remember, you can catch us live on 98.1 WQAQ or worldwide at WQAQ.com during the school year. Thank you again for listening. As always, we'll try to be better next time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.